Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 222 of Sat King's Therapy. This is uh, Owen, just doing solo today. <clears throat> because uh, Fong is busy at another game. Um, he will not be commenting on this one, unfortunately. But I uh, just actually came back from the game. Uh, just, you know, just came back from Golden One Center, uh, had a little meal, and then decided to take a shower and then record before I go to sleep. Get some fresh thoughts into a mic, to a recording. So, you know, that's kind of what this uh, little post-game show is going to be about. Okay, well, well, so I was there, as I mentioned. It was a very fun game uh, for much of, the, much of the game. The fourth quarter, the game kind of fell apart. Um, before that, it was... You know, a very back-and-forth game. Uh, Paul George just destroyed the Kings, basically. Uh, I believe he had around 30 points by the end of the third. He was dominating. And then the fourth quarter starts. The Kings just kind of can't really get into their sets. And basically, the game kind of breaks open. Uh, Paul George checks, ba checks back in at around the seven-minute mark. And by the time he checked in, like, you, you know... It was already a 10-point lead. At that point, I, I basically had lost hope. It was around seven, six, or seven minutes left. But the Kings kind of stormed back a little bit, managed to make it a game, and almost kind of pull it out. Unfortunately, on the final possession, uh, the final Clippers possession, they call timeout. They only have five seconds left. They jack up, a, you know, Paul George jacks up a long three. Uh, Key, I think it was Keegan Murray. No, it was Harrison on him. It misses, but Nick Batum is able to tap the ball out, and the Kings have to foul, and they basically just, they yeah. After that, the game was over. Um, Norm Powell hits uh, both free throws, and then basically De'Aaron hits a three at the buzzer, but they're down five, so they end up being down two. So, what are my main takeaways from this game? Overall, I actually like what the Kings did for the most part. Um, you know the. the the only thing they didn't really come out with was the win. But the themes of just some of the Kings' issues came back again. So let, let, let's start with this. So last game, um, basically the Blazers won when they went small with Justice Winslow at the five. And the big thing was um, the Sabonis just could not abuse that matchup. Uh, now, of course, I think there's a that was a teeny bit fluky because Justice Winslow got a lot of offensive rebound. Now, part of that is just boxing out and stuff like that. But he hit a huge three to basically kind of keep the Blazers in the game and ultimately win. But that was a bit fluky. I don't think I don't think that that's gonna work again. But this game, specifically, like the Clippers have arguably the one of the best small ball lineups in the league. In basic, and it's so weird too because they have Terrence Mann guarding, um, guarding, guarding Sabonis, and he was able to hold up decently well. Like when they bring over a double, it's hard to spot the double team. Yeah, so Sabonis wasn't able to punish a uh, small ball, and then on the other side, he gets cut. You know, he gets hunted a little bit. Although, like I thought, he did well enough on most possessions, but. You know, he's just not a great rim protector. And unfortunately, you just need to be against a small ball lineup. Now, the, the big thing, again, with, with him unable to punish small ball, like that just that just kind of, you know, it plays to the Clippers' advantage. And also, like, you know, he, he needs to be able to do something when they switch, a, you know, a wing onto him. Like, he needs to be able to score on, score on a, a Terrence Mann and find the double immediately. Like, he has to do either one of them, but he wasn't able to do this game. 
and also like just randomly like no i don't want to i wouldn't want to say randomly like the king the uh, clippers have some really awesome long lanky wings that just made life miserable for uh for Sabonis near the rim, and he could not finish a number of bunnies. You know, he's not exactly a jumper by any means. He couldn't actually, like, you know, actually catch lobs or anything. That's just not part of his game. So without that, it's it's tough for him to really find a lot of success. He ended up, what, 4 for 12 for this game? And, like, a lot of them were bunnies. And he didn't really, just wasn't really able to find his rhythm. So they... I guess Sabonis just needs to play better. Like it's not going to get better next game because he's they're going to play the Warriors. I don't I don't anticipate him scoring well against Draymond. I'm just going to say because you know Draymond probably the best defender uh, in, of this of this kind of generation. And granted, it is the Kings. He will he won't be taking them that seriously. We'll see how that goes. But the, Sabonis needs to find a way to abuse these matchups. Okay, the other um, big issue that I saw within this game. I'll, I'll talk about some positives, but you know, the negatives just kind of stick out of my mind. The Kings need to get a little bit more creative in their offense. I feel like it's getting a little bit bogged down and a teeny bit predictable. Basically it's always like, you know, you swing the ball around the perimeter, find like a guy in the high post, usually a big man in the high post, or he comes over and screams. It's usually those two options. Now the ball isn't particularly like sticky, but like it does become predictable because you swing, swing, pass it to the high post guy, and then like he or either he comes in screens, and then you know they try to get penetration that way. the The issue with that is that the other guys are usually kind of standing around the one that doesn't have the ball and the guy who's not the and the screener. So the guy who has the ball and the screener are the only two moving. The other guys are kind of standing in place. There needs to be some sort of movement from those guys because. Like what ha- ended up happening, like towards the fourth quarter when that lead got blown up, it became predictable. And um, what's his face? Uh, Robert Covington got a pick six, not a pick six steal, but he got a steal at half court, and you know went went to the other side for a layup. And that was kind of when the game was just it was just demoralizing. Like they need to find a way to mix it up somehow, and just you know get some more ball movement, get some more flow because. The, the offense dying down is kind of the is kind of the driver for some of these losses because you know the best version of the Kings is when they're able to get a stop, go out on the fast break, find a three or or a shot at the rim. And when their offense isn't running properly, isn't like running, you know, if they're not running good offense, you you know, you don't make the guy take take the ball out on the other end. You're not able to settle your defense, even though your defense is mediocre at best. Like being able to just score and put pressure on the other team, like that can lead to a lot of good things. And the Kings just don't do it enough. And I think a lot of it is that they just need to clean up their offense and just get more ball movement, get some more creativity in there. And I think these things will come with time. And then you just kind of, you take what you get from the defense because the defense is, I think, fine for the most part, but like where this team is going to win is with great offense. And it just isn't there yet. It is a new offense, so it's going to take some time to get used to. But you know, it's going to get late. It's going to get late early. The Kings are going to need to make a push at some point. And you know, losing these first two games, not the greatest sign. Is it the end of the world? By no means is it the end of the world. They have they have the rest of the season to play. But you know, that playing race probably will be quite competitive. And the Kings do need to figure this out. 
And this is the key. You need to figure out your offense first before, you know, you can really figure out your defense. Okay. Um, another note I just have is that, like, Sabonis and Fox don't seem to have great chemistry together yet. Well, it, when it's Sabonis to Fox, they have a good they have a good flow. But it, when it's Fox to Sabonis, I feel there isn't that level of connection yet. Like, De'Aaron hasn't figured out how to, like, get it to him down low, how, like, how to use him as a screener or how to use him as a roller yet. That, I think, will come with time. But right now, they got to figure that stuff out. Okay. What, okay, the last negative part about this game, and unfortunately, it's the reason why the Kings lost. Free throw shooting. Uh, Clippers shot 20 for 22 from uh, the free throw line, 90%. They shot 50.6 50, 50. from the field and 40% from three. The Kings shot 47% from the field, which isn't bad. They're like three points behind, although they had they had one less field goal than the, or than the Clippers. Um and they made 14 threes. They shot 35 threes. They made 14. They shot 40% from three. So, like, that, that's basically dead even for the most part. Like, the field goal percentage and three-point percentage. They basically matched in rebounds. The um, Kings got Kings got nine offensive rebounds, um, 30 defensive rebounds. Clippers got five offensive rebounds and 35 defensive rebounds. So, if you're doing the math, that's 40 for the Clippers and 39 for the Kings. They got the same amount of assists, same amount of well, Clippers got got Clippers got three more steals. But the point, and they also ended up only um, so the Clippers had thirteen turnovers while the Kings had twelve, and they both matched each other in twenty one uh, fouls. Now the reason why I'm reading that out is because the main difference between these two teams they basically even they basically played each other even in just about every single statistic, like with the Clippers kind of slightly edging them out. The Clippers shot 20 for 22 from the free throw line. The Kings shot 15 from 26 with 57%. And it and look, what part of it is it's just gonna be a problem because your two best free throw drawers and Sabonis and Fox just are not good free throw shooters. That's just it just seems like it's not gonna be a thing. And then but the annoying thing with this one is that everyone kind of missed a, a free throw, and it was so weird. Harrison looks like he kind of rediscovered a little bit of his physical free throw drawing ways. He ended up going to the line for seven free throws, but he only made four. And it actually got so bad at one point. I don't that they started booing when Harrison missed free throws. Like he is a he is about an eighty percent free throw shooter, and all of a sudden he's missing free throws. It's it's a thing that's definitely it's definitely a disease that's contagious around the Kings. It just free throws just don't go down. And then Malik Monk had a technical free throw that he didn't he just missed for no reason. Kevin Herter missed one too. Like it's just a weird thing. And when when it's a game that close, when you're basically dead even with this Clippers team, you not making free throw them not making free throws basically cost them the game. And I don't know if this is gonna, an issue that's going to get better. I assume Harrison is going to be better from the free throw line. He's been bad as of late. Like he had some nice plays. He only he shot two for ten. And, but somehow was a plus four. Like he did some good things, but he had some weird plays. I think he missed two dunks like point blank. And it is just what what's going on. And he's not hitting. I don't. I don't think he's hit a three. Um, and I think he might have hit one three in the preseason, but like he hasn't hit any three so far. So I don't know what's going on with him. It's just it almost feels like he's kind of checked out, or the something. There might be some sort of injury that we we're not hearing about, but. It just seems like something is off with him, and he needs to find a rhythm. Like 
the Kings can survive without him scoring a lot of points. But if they want to win, you know, win more consistently, he needs to be more consistent. So, yeah. So that's kind of that. That's the biggest issue with this game: just free throw shooting. Again, shooting 57 percent from at the line on twenty six attempts. That looms large when you lose by two. Well, they really lost by five. But like, just think about that. You make five more free throws as a tie game, and yeah, that's just how the Kings are going to roll. They're they're just going to figure something out. Okay, let's talk about some good. De'Aaron Fox, absolute like he's looking like he's looking like a real star. It, like these are these games like although like the fur the Portland game, you could put a lot of blame on him for just how how poorly he you know handled the ball and just turned it over and you know down the stretch that charge. But like you cannot deny he's he's definitely found a stroke. You know, thirty six points tonight and basically matched Paul George. Really, like Paul George had forty, but like. Somehow it was a minus four. Wow. That's interesting. Um, yeah, so like he ended he ended up uh, with 36 points. It was just a problem all throughout all throughout the game for the for the uh, Clippers. And like he's also shooting three for five from three. He, you know, he got the criticism last year for just, you know, playing pretty poorly, even though I think it's a teeny bit overblown how poorly he played. But like he's definitely he's definitely more comfortable. Like whatever was holding him back, you know, early last season, that it looks like it's gone. And right now, like he he's he's doing his job, and it's up to the rest of the team to kind of follow him. And again, the, the improved three point stroke is a surprise. Like it's getting to the point. Like if he's getting like an open three, like open, especially a spot up three, I'm like automatically assuming it's going in. Let's see if this maintains because like he's not he's not had a great history of good three point shooting, so. You know, we'll see if this is a real thing. Uh, Kevin Herter, like, the only criticism I have for him is that he needs to shoot more. He only ended up with nine field goal attempts. I think he needs to creep up into, like, you know, double digits. And, you know, shoot more threes. He's a great three-point shooter. And, like, it just feels like, you know, like every time he shot it, it went in. Um, okay. And then the last great thing about this game, Keegan Murray made his debut and just – like he doesn't force anything and just walks his way into 19 points and like all the shots were like good shots and just absolute knockdown shooter they've got something with keegan murray and you know a few extra tweaks here and there and like i think he can i think he can be a real difference maker for this team and also what impressed me about this game very good defensively like um, Paul George had like his way with just about everyone on this team. It was weird because they had Davion on him for much of the game. And, you know, Davion's a, Davion was great and keeping him in front and everything, but he's about 10 inches too short to guard uh, Paul George. <coughs> uh, got a cough going there. But Davion is, is six is like 6'1", and Paul George is a good 6'10". So you're just giving up nine inches, and there's only so much Davion can do. And Davion did what he did a good job, I thought. But then, like Paul George just went crazy with um, who was who was guarding him? Like it, he was going crazy um against uh like Harrison, like Fox didn't have a didn't have a lot of success with him. Herder just not quick enough to really stay in front of him. The guy that really stood like stood up and just kind of was being physical with him and bothered him. I felt like was actually effective on him. Keegan Murray. Like, like 
one of the reasons why I did not love the Keegan Murray tape that I watched, I didn't think he was going to be a good defender. Like he's not a like he's not a crazy quick guy. I didn't think he was going to be able to guard ones and twos. But like so far, he's held up like on the ones and twos, and then like threes and fours. He's he's big. He's long. He was physical against Paul George. Like he's really impressed me on defense, and he he ended up getting two blocks this game too. Like two really nice plays. He's he's got we've got something with Keegan and I'm really like enjoying just watching him play the game like he's on his honeymoon phase for sure but like he's he's a re, he's a full package of just solid there's not much bad you can say about him and, you know just just a great debut and he is he's gonna be a fan favorite going forward for sure um yeah so good on Keegan Murray for just again just I just call it sleepwalking to to like 19 20 points just great stuff um it'll take like hopefully like the kings as a whole figure it out soon because they've got something here and you know i went with a friend who you know she was a clippers fan and like you know she she was actually mad at the clippers a lot for you know quote unquote missing a lot of shots i had to explain to her that when you shoot around 50 like just under 50 percent, that's very good and when you shoot 40 percent from three it's very good she, she did not believe me i couldn't convince her but like she was very praised. She was praising the Kings a lot. She was basically saying like, this is a really good shooting team. Like, you know, it just felt like they're just so good at shooting. And it just, it just felt like every time they shot and went in, even though they shot, you know, 40%, you know, they missed about what 21 threes, but at the same time, like there, there's something with this Kings. They, they just got to figure out to put it all together and hopefully everything kind of falls into place. I just wouldn't fret too quick. Like I was expecting a slow start because part mainly because of the defensive stuff. Like Mike Brown, although I I can't really like point to too many examples of like any changes with the defense, but like I always thought like the rotations and like the strategies, the schemes, it was going to take a little bit um, for the for the Kings to actually get adjusted to. So like that's why I thought they were they would have to they would probably take a little bit in order to. Uh, get get acclimated and this is i mean they're i guess it's kind of coming together but what i think what they really need to fix is deep is offense and what if you have if you can make the other team take the ball out of the net it does improve your defense because <laughs> as i said like just as i said before like sometimes the best defense is just scoring and making them take the ball out of the net okay um, that's basically all I have for this game. It was a great atmosphere. Unfortunately, not a sellout crowd, uh, 16, 16296. Um, so just a little, just about a thousand short of full capacity. Although I'm not complaining. I do not enjoy walking around the concourse when it's a full house and it was close to a full house. So, you know, the crowd was great. Um, the refs were okay for the most part. There were some very weird calls like, one of the one of the um, turning points of this game was when Davion quote unquote fouled Reggie Jackson on three, which I don't think it was a foul. I'm surprised. I was surprised um, Mike Brown didn't challenge it, but like you know, just I'm, I'm not gonna harp too much on the refs. Like the Kings did more than more than their fair share to blow this game, and you know, it they faced the Warriors um, tomorrow at I believe at Chase Center, and so that's gonna be a rough one probably most likely a loss we'll see you'll you'll see well you'll hear about it uh, after the commercial break but it you know it's tough like this opening stretch was tough like this is where we're kind of blowing that portland game really looms large because you could have you could have been one-on-one at this point but 
Unfortunately, you're 0-2 right now, and you're just going to have to fight through. And again, don't I, I wouldn't fret about just losing these, just going off to a tough start. But because like I'm because I'm looking at like the Timberwolves of last year, like after uh, after what ten games they were three and seven at one point, but they were able to turn it around. So like it's not about how you start, although that that helps, that doesn't hurt. Like, but they they're not starting well. They're gonna they're just gonna need to figure it out slowly, and you just hope by the time they figure it out, it isn't too late to make the play in, and they should be able to make the play in hopefully because. Like there are four, there are, I think, what, three teams in the West or no, there's like four teams in the West that want nothing to do with the play in. And, you know, you just have, you just, you're going to find wins along the way, I feel. So this is, this might be the best chance for the Kings to make the playoffs. Hopefully they take advantage and yeah, um, I will um, come back with you and hopefully with Fong after the commercial break to talk about the Warriors game. Okay, good thing uh, you actually told me to adjust my mic or I'd be talking like from down the hallway. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, Fong is with me and we just watch the Kings versus the Warriors where the Warriors win by 130-125. First thoughts about the game, Fong. First thing that comes to mind. Well, Warriors pretty much came up strong for pretty much what? The first three quarters, really. Uh, other than that, I mean, lots of, I don't know how to say it. Like the offense didn't flow well at all. The defense uh, left some gaps for the Warriors to take advantage of. Um, other than that, I mean, it's a tough game, especially on the back-to-back. Yeah, so like ultimately, like it's a pretty tough loss. Uh, we'll talk about how they came back towards the end, whether you want to take anything away from that. But yeah, it's the second out of a back-to-back. You just like lost a pretty tough one to the Clippers. And 24 hours later, you got to face the Warriors. <laughs> and so I, w- I was expecting this to be a loss, like 0-3 start. And just, yeah, I did just I'm, I'm not, I'm not too I'm not mad about this, honestly. And you know, the the Kings made us made enough efforts to make this a game. It's good enough for me. What are your thoughts on the 0-3 start? Uh, I mean, it's nothing to for against. I mean, there's still a whole, what, 79 games to go. So, I mean, out of 79, we'll be, we're going to get a win some way or another. Yeah. So, like, these first, look, the, the Trailblazers Blazers lost inexplicable, unfortunately. Just that, like, I know the Blazers are, I think, 3 and 1, 3 and 0 right now. They're not really a 3 and 0 team. Like, they, They've kind of gotten this gotten by the skin of their teeth for each game thus far. And, you know, that was an inexplicable loss in the whole book opener. But it's like the other two losses, because you lost that original one, now loom larger. And there's just extra pressure to win these games. And it's not going to get easier anytime soon. Like, let's look at the Kings' schedule. I think next up is Memphis on Thursday. And then Miami on Saturday. And then charlotte and that's a little better uh but like the like one like one out of these three games like is quote-unquote an easier game i guess if you will yeah and we'll see how it goes as well i mean you never know all of these games so far very close games uh and you know 
I mean, what's the word? I guess the tide will turn our way uh, sometime or another. I don't know the words. So I had said in the first part is that the, the Wolves had a rough stretch to start the season last year, and they were able to turn it around. I'm looking for the Kings to do something similar. I don't know if they will, but, you know, against good teams, you're going to, like, you have, like, at best a 50-50 chance to win. But what you do need to win is the is the t- uh, games against bad teams. And, like, hell, the bad teams that we thought were going to be bad, they're not as bad as we think. Charlotte is 2-1 and one right now, so it's not like they're exactly, like, a cakewalk. But, you know, just try to make it close, and then you just have to – be able to close, like try to make it close at the end, and then you know you're gonna have a chance to be able to make it a game. And in this game, they did. Like at one point, I think they trailed by. What was the largest they trailed by? Let me just check real quick. Their largest lead. Uh, God damn it, game flow. NBA.com has a, has a better version. Twenty six. They were down. To, they were down twenty six at one point. They managed to cut it to a four point game and just about made it a one point game. But Malik Monk missed the three like with a minute to go, and that was basically where the game ended. Like they that the fact that they were you know able to make this a game and granted the Warriors just kind of shit the bed a little bit. This would have been an embarrassing loss that they lost. But like you know. It, it's it is what it is you can make these games a little close like if you're if you can put yourself in position like they did against the warriors you have a chance to win the game and honestly that's about that's about as much as i can ask for against good teams oh yeah all right so let's see the next game will be against memphis uh on thursday at the golden one center hopefully they can they can make that interesting like Ja is a is a force of nature all on all on his own and uh, it's going to be tough um, to win that game. But, you know, here's the hoping for the best. Yep, I guess we shall see. Anything you want to talk about about the game? Uh, the, this game, I mean. Yeah, this game, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, our defense seemed pretty good, in my opinion, individually. But in terms of team defense, like try to help off each other, it's not so great. Uh, our offense, I mean, there was a lot of good looks, a lot of open looks too. Just one weren't hitting. Uh, other than that, I mean, the Warriors came out strong in that first half. I mean, 39 points in the first quarter, 50 points in the second quarter. Uh, Curry had like what 28 points uh, by the end of the first half, six for eight for free. Wiggins had 18. Um, I mean, Fox tried his best. Sabonis, you know, for some stretches, uh, tried to help out, but it seemed like he kind of disappeared in the second half. And Murray, I mean, kind of calmed down from the, you know the barrages of uh, you know threes that he. Uh, we hope for him to make well, to be fair like granted he had a lot of open ones not no one else really shot well from three and he mm-hmm. he and he and malik monk were kind of the exception like malik was four for ten he was four for ten um uh, you talk about like so you talk about like, the king's missing a lot of threes like yeah they live and die by the three and unfortunately this game the threes just didn't go down they actually kept up with the warriors for a stretch like everyone's talking about oh it's a oh yeah they score warriors score 89 the king's defense is shit Warriors let us score 71 
that's not exactly great defense either. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it just it just so happens like the Kings defense just, you know, just didn't guard didn't guard the uh, Warriors all that well. But it's not like the Warriors were exactly like locked down by any means. Um, yeah, they kept up with the Warriors for a while, but this game, just the three po- the three ball did not fall, like 25% from three, 11 for 43, while the Warriors made more threes despite sh- despite shooting 10 less threes. They were 14 of 33, like, and so there, it's just, it's just one of those games where the three ball doesn't go down. And when the three ball doesn't go down, your defense is a little bit worse because, you know, you're getting back in transition and the Kings need to fix their transition defense. It's not good. And like when they don't make shots, that it just leads to runouts for the other team. They need to solve that. Um, it's like uh, ultimately not a lot to take away. Second night of a back to back, the defense was bad, but they can they usually can make up for it with scoring, just not this night. Yeah, and since we have like a, what a three four day uh, rest, hopefully we can recuperate and uh, we'll see how we do against Memphis because. They're uh I mean they're also a pretty good offensive team with uh John there and uh I don't remember how great their defense is to be honest. Their defense is good. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't gotta worry about that. But granted, without Jared Jackson, and maybe it's not as good, but you know, Jaw is a force of nature. Like he can kind of lift them to a win by all by himself. We'll see. He actually doesn't play well against the Kings. It, well, the main reason why is because he, he doesn't need to. We'll see how that goes. Um what uh two more things I want to talk about. Sabonis did not play in the fourth. I didn't he was good this game. He had a bit of a bounce back game. Six for 10 for 19, 11 or 19, 14, 4. So a, a pretty good Sabonis game, but still some of the same issues. Just doesn't finish well down low against length and just swarming the swarming of the defense. Like it's he he still just struggles to like truly punish small ball. Uh yeah, I mean. We'll eventually get there. I mean, this is totally really like a whole new team in my eyes because, I mean, we got a lot of new acquisitions. We're trying to get everything, uh, you know, acclimated. I kind of wish we saw a little more um, pick and roll action with Sabonis or even like uh, offense flowing through Sabonis. But, you know, the Warriors defense kind of collapsed on him pretty uh, easily, I'd say. And uh Hopefully we'll develop something because we barely saw um, Sabonis and these guys together last season, especially with Fox out on the floor too, as well. Yeah, they're just it, to me there isn't like precise cutting. Like it's still what I call like free strive, where a lot of times Sabonis get gets into the high post. It's one guy moving with him. The other guys are standing on the perimeter, usually waiting for a three. And, you know, that could work, but you need one of those guys to cut just to give Sabonis another option. And also, he's not he's just not able to score all that well down low like a Jokic because he's not as big. Like those few extra inches like actually matter. And he can't just straight up overpower small ball. And unfortunately, when they again, when they bring the double, there's just not cutters that he can take advantage of. So. You know, that will be a work in progress. I I hope that this is not like his offensive ceiling in a way, because, you know, he is a he is a pretty small center for the most part. And he's not exactly long. Can't really jump that high. Like, you know, a lot of people were worried about this duel with him and Fox because, you know, Sabonis, like he's not he, he has a ceiling to him, it seems. We'll see if that's really the case, but he needs to be able to punish small ball for this team to really take it to the next level. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like we said, it's only the dirt game. We still have 79 to go. Eventually, something will 
come up and uh, develop. Yep, don't jump off the ledge, Kings fans. Uh, last thing I want to talk about, uh, Keegan played the most minutes during this game, despite coming off the bench. And yeah, I don't really give a shit if he starts or not. I really don't. I mean, granted, with Casey Alpala starting, there just isn't the spacing. But there is another option. I got I to pose this question to you. Should, should Mike Brown bench Harrison Barnes? Another kind of very quiet game, not, not impactful. Four points, two rebounds, and zero assists, and two turnovers. And one really bad one to Steph Curry. Like, he's not been good. Like, do, would, you pre- would you prefer to just keep Harrison in the starting lineup and have him find his rhythm, or would you just bench him for Keegan? I would say I would like to test out Keegan in the starting lineup. And, you know, I know Barnes is good. I mean, he started out real well last season, uh, in, in the beginning of last season, but kind of slowed down. But uh, I could see Keegan uh, doing some, uh, making some um, stuff work out in uh, the starting lineup and possibly Barnes coming off with possibly uh, Davion coming in uh, when they're switching out. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Keegan start. Oh, like oh, over over Harrison, or would you keep Apala in the starting lineup, or would you? Ooh. Which one? Which one would you rather bench, Apala or Barnes? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, I do like Apala, but ooh, that's yeah, that's a tough one. I I'd say I would say try Apala first, take him out and let him come off the bench and put Keegan in the starting lineup to see how uh, that lineup starts out uh, with Fox, Herter, uh, Barnes, and Murray, then Sabonis. That'd be a little bit more interesting uh, with uh, more, I guess, offensive power. Can't really compare the defense uh, between Akpala and uh, Murray, though. Murray, I actually really like on defense. Like he got crossed up by Steph Curry, but for the rest of the game, I thought he was really good. And like, mm-hmm. I, like in the, in the Clippers game, I don't know if you got to watch, but like his deep, he was like the guy they kind of had to put on Paul George towards the end because they couldn't put in Akpala that actually had any really real success against uh, Paul George, like down the stretch. Like he's really impressed me with his wing defense. His point guard defense is good, actually. Like he he was able to contain Jordan Poole and Steph a few times despite getting crossed. But like he's really impressed me. He really is like a do it all type guy. Yeah, just all all the more impressive. Uh, personally, I would try out just the Barnes thing first, or like benching Barnes because if you sent Apollo to the bench, like assuming like he still like plays a little bit like you have you don't have enough shooting in the second unit because like you're gonna have to sit that basically means that you might have to like bench uh trey lyles for the rest of the game and like i just don't think there'd be enough shooting and that that's a that could be a big problem for the bench unit that's why i would like barnes as like a second unit kind of bench guy to just you know come in and just hit some spot up threes Hmm. against backups yeah that's interesting and it's kind of too bad he didn't get any more touches um, this game. He only shot one field goal for the 21 minutes he's been out there. And, and I don't know what's going on with his free throw. Two for four again. Like, last game, he got booed and go to one center for missing free throws. Like, it's been bad. I don't know what's going on. Like, I imagine his head is still here, but, like, maybe something's going on with him physically. I'm not sure. 
Mm, who knows, to be honest. Uh, just one last shout out to Chemezi Metu, who played 11 minutes plus 15. He was he was good. Like he was basically the five. And yeah. like, you know, he didn't like shoot. He, he shot one three, bricked it. But like overall, he was just good energy. And this is the right around of Met, right? The like the right amount of Metu. Because you play him more, he's gonna like, you know, as long as you don't let him shoot and like dribble and all that shit. I really love Metu. You know, athletic cutter, plays hard. Not a not an amazing defender, but again, plays hard on that end. Had a had a like a had a three like stuck in his face by Jordan Poole, but that was great defense. So, you know, this is the right kind of Metsu. The Metsu I like. Yeah, he really helped out, especially during that fourth quarter uh, run that we had. Uh, all I can remember were all the rebounds that uh, we got. And, uh, you know, it, it did turn out to some points at the least. Yeah. So, like, this is what this was what happened with Metsu last year. Like, you know, they played him a little bit. He comes in, plays his ass off. And that's the kind of Metsu I like. And that's why I don't like is the one that dribbles and gets stripped and shoots threes. So, you know, we'll see if this, like, we'll see if this is a thing. But ultimately, like, I think the Kings are all right, you know, but this this is a tough stretch. And they're just going to need to find their rhythm somehow and just make it and just hopefully just be able to squeeze out some wins at some point. But even before that, they need to keep to their identity and try to build something don't lose their spirit which was kind of what happened last year when they when they went on that uh four game road trip against quote-unquote easy teams and went and went one for three that was when they lost their identity and their spirit was broken i hope they can keep their spirit strong and you know for, for longer so you know so so that they could actually build something and hopefully build for the playoffs yep and we shall see how this goes down the road Yep. Uh, you want to talk about your 49ers? Uh, yeah, another another sad loss. Uh, we saw some Christian McCaffrey. Uh, yeah, I was a little wrong about uh, last episode where uh, I said he should only be running the ball. No, he, he could also catch the ball. So uh, he got a couple receptions, I believe, uh, ran a couple good plays um, in the first half. Other than that, I mean, in Shanahan's offense, it's it's really hit or miss what, uh, who's going to like be the go-to guy for uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Grinopolo. So other than that offense uh, being kind of a little kind of a seesaw, I guess, if that, um, our defense also kind of fell down a little uh, since with all these injuries, Jesus. Like I said, how many injuries last episode? Yeah, I think we got a few more coming <laughs> after this game. So, uh, sad loss. I mean, it is uh, Kansas City. They're still pretty good uh, in terms of their offense. And uh, so, I mean, I guess we'll have to see about the next game. Who do you guys play next game? I got to check this. Yeah, so, I mean, like, what they got – like – defense is nice i i don't know if this is the case in football but like in basketball defense is great and all but like against certain offenses like the warriors offense for example you can slice up certain like even great defenses that's kind of what i assume happened with like patrick mahomes because like i've mm-hmm. like watched a lot of patrick mahomes highlights that man's all like he again i don't know if i said this on air but like he must have some great blockers or something because he's always open 
and he can always like hit the guy right in the middle. Yeah, I mean, he's a great passer. That's uh, <laughs> that's for once, and uh, what you call it? Yeah, I mean, the play schemes that um, what you call Andy Reid puts out for him, it, it, it's really good. Uh, I would say even better than uh, Kyle Shanahan's in some ways, um, but yeah, I mean, another loss. <laughs> Uh, let's see. No, we're playing the Rams next week, so yeah. So it's another parade if you go, if you guys win again. Oh, uh, we'll see. I mean, Rams are tough. I think I I, for, I don't remember. I haven't seen a Rams game in a while, so uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> so I went to the Clippers game last night. Uh, you went to the Cal Berkeley football game against. Washington. How was that? Surprisingly, first half, I'd say, how would I say this? I didn't expect Berkeley to go far in terms of their offense. Both defenses were god-awful in their own respective rights, but um, both offenses, offenses, yeah, yeah, I don't even know how uh, we're decent. Uh, Washington, you know, came up uh, a lot better in terms of uh, their own offense because, you know, a lot of guys were left open. Um, uh, Cal had to, you know, scramble sometimes uh, to find an open man, but, you know, ended up, uh, I guess, just fine. I mean, like I said, didn't expect Cal to uh, win this game, not going to lie, but, I mean, ended up with, what was the score? I think it was like 30 to 24. I didn't check the score. I've noticed that like college basketball scores are ridiculous, like 40 and 50 and like just crazy ass scores. Like I've not seen a, uh, an NFL game with those high of scores. Uh, yeah. Sorry. It, it was Washington 28, California 21. Uh, I kind of had to leave early because uh, whatchamacallit, it, is, it, it gets late and it was cold. I was underdressed for that game. Because uh, you paid for those tickets and you left early. What? Uh, yeah, Come it's all man. It, it was cold, <laughs> but it was also late. Like when I said it ended at like 11 something, it, it ended at 11 something, and it started around the same time when uh, the Kings game happened as well. So, yeah. It Why was, is that an excuse? <laughs> what is that? What the Kings got to do with this? You're going to the Bay for a football game. Now, I don't know how much you pay for it, but you left early and you didn't dress up like that. That's on you. But I know. <laughs> that's on you. It's just you left early, man. Come on. Yeah, at least it took you only like, what, 20, 30 minutes to get home. It took me about two hours. <laughs> that's true. That, that's another part. But, you know, don't you have don't you have another driver that could, you know, theoretically drive? But. Either way, um, sad to hear that you did not, did not have a good experience. I had a great experience at the Clippers game. It was fun. Yeah, you got some good seats, not going to lie. I did get some very good seats. Uh, did get to see Paul George uh, come out the tunnel. Uh, I, I didn't say this, but like Paul, there was a funny moment because I, so like Paul George, you know, he's warming up. After he warms up, he, he runs through the tunnel to, you know, go back to the locker room to get ready. 
he, you know, you'll have like these kids, these some grown men, like trying to, you know, hang their stuff over like the tunnel entrance to get signatures. They like a butt, like I shit you not. Everyone was just like sitting down. And as soon as like Paul George kind of looked like he was going to turn to the tunnel, a bunch of like, a bunch of people just rushed to the tunnel, like almost like cockroaches to like, to like a hole and just trying to get signatures. And Paul George just ran right past him. Uh-huh. <laughs> like fucking Marquis Morris or no Marcus Morris was like signing people signing shit for people like even he's being nice and Paul George just walks right past everyone uh, that's that's too bad but I mean were you trying to get a signature from him oh no no I don't know I, I don't care enough to but my, my friend's a good a big Paul George fan so she was trying to she was trying to get something like I was like I was like telling her like I think you can go over there but and then we saw like the crowd just form around that tunnel, and yeah, he just he just walked right past them. Ah, I said he's too big time for Sacramento people. Dang, that's too bad. <laughs> so, that was a that was a funny experience, but yeah, we both had uh you know varying levels of entertain entertainment uh for for our games. I'm sorry you had to leave early. I'm sorry it was cold weather, but yeah, um, was the experience good at least? Oh yeah, for sure. Like you know, it's a college atmosphere. Uh, what you would call it? Which, I mean, uh, I, which could be good or bad. Yeah, I mean, I kind of sat in the. Um, so there's a what you would call it a student section, and there's the you know the people that um, pay for tickets uh, that are like alumni and stuff. Well, oh, the alumni uh, and people sitting in those seats uh, were like both Washington fans and you know old heads when it comes to uh, Cal games so it, the atmosphere was still good what, what does that mean old old heads like I mean what, what kind of atmosphere I mean I mean there's a lot of how I say it. I would say I want to say a quarter of them were Washington fans and the rest were Cal fans from like years on past I mean I'm talking alumni probably from the <laughs> 70s 80s 90s uh did, did they get into fights oh no it it was probably the most chill like what you might call it, football crowd you ever would experience to be honest well that's no fun i want, I want to hear about <laughs> fights i want to hear about people getting drunk and shit like I, we were at the warriors game i i thought we were about to get some fights going on. oh yeah it's like this uh this crowd I have not heard a single curse. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's that chill. Interesting. I I assume it's because you didn't hear anything. <laughs> that that's more of like just I, that's more of you than it is like because like it's football. I would assume they'd be drunk. But I guess not. Right. Maybe maybe they're well behaved. I mean, if I went to you know the student section, uh, I probably hear otherwise. But yeah, it was a pretty a light up night. Um. What else happened? Oh yeah, got to see uh, Marshawn Lynch come out uh, and Nathan. Uh, I forgot his last name. The gold medalist for swimming. Uh, uh, I don't know. And other alumni, you know, f- for the Hall of Fame 2020, 2021, and 2022. I heard Marshawn Lynch was wild on the broadcast. <laughs> uh, too bad I couldn't hear the broadcast because you know. We're watching it live. Well, you couldn't even hear a curse, so I don't as- assume you were going to hear the broadcast. Oh no! But you know, he did his uh, infamous uh, drive-by on his uh, what should I call it um, golf cart around the football field. Uh, uh, 
whatchamacallit, what's his name, Forset was there too. I mean, whatchamacallit, I've only been to two games for Cal, and both times I've already seen the whatchamacallit, like, Hall of Famers, not going to lie. So it was pretty nice to see. That's nice, yeah. Glad, glad to hear you at least you had a decent experience despite having to, you know, leave early. Um, yeah. we, we actually had a, we actually had a, two people that were next to us. Um, that, that were, they didn't show up to the game until like the fourth quarter, which no way. I, that I thought was really weird. Cause like we had two empty seats next to us and I was, we were just wondering where the hell are these people? I guess, you know what these seats were sold. Nope. There's just two people who were late. I, I don't get that either, but you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. Just wanted to shout those people out for some reason. I don't know what my point's going to be. Mm-hmm. okay well uh anything else you want to quickly talk about well probably won't be watching house of dragon tonight not gonna lie i have other things to do but uh yeah are, are you gonna watch it actually it already came out right it, it has come out yeah and yes there will be no house of the dragon review tonight probably a little bit uh later in the week i don't know if we're gonna do an episode in between I keep saying that it usually ends up not being one. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, yes, no house of the dragon tonight. Uh, we, I will watch it and I will do a little research even after watching it uh, to give you guys a better experience with house of the dragon. I just watched a Twitter post about uh, them comparing it to Shrek, which I thought was really funny. But uh, yeah. other than that, I know nothing about this latest episode. Yeah, and uh, I guess we shall see how it goes. And we'll probably most likely get back to you on Thursday, I guess, when, uh, what you want to call it, the Memphis game happens. Yeah, oh, I guess one last thing. Uh, is that a win for the Kings or is that a loss? That's a tough one. I mean, it, we have a four-day rest. I'm pretty sure we're going to be... To, to be fair, like saying that, it's not, it's never, it's not always been a good thing uh, for the Kings in the past true enough yeah um so i mean it'll be a tough um game for sure uh you never know what happens to be honest and you know some we could somehow come out with a win maybe it'll be a close one again yeah i i'm gonna i'm gonna go in for a win i think the kings have i I hope like my hope is that the kings learn from these lessons and they their spirit gets stronger their you know approach their approach and dedication to the fundamentals gets stronger and they come out strong and win a close one against Memphis. Oh yeah. Let's see. Fox versus Jaw again. Let, let's see. Let's see if like Jaw's going to bring it. <clears throat> oh, he's going to bring it. All right. <laughs> I feel it. And yeah, like look, De'Aaron's, De'Aaron's heard the comparisons and no matter how much he says he doesn't hear it, he hears this shit. I hope he comes out strong against Jaw and destroys him because He'll be guarding Ja. Ja ain't getting anywhere near him on the defensive end. I guarantee you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we shall see how that game goes. All right. If you have nothing else, I'm not going to ask you again. So we're going to end this episode now. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be coming back to you at some point. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> well, we'll see you guys later. <laughs>